The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading, continuing with our pattern of choosing random topics from random Seneca letters, is from letter number 66, subtitled on various aspects of virtue. But before we read, I have to set the stage here because this episode was inspired by an internet interaction that I had uh, that I've been thinking about uh, for for a little while. Um, So in addition to the Stoic Jew podcast, I have another daily project, which has been going on since the beginning of 2021, which is to make a prequel Torah meme each day. Now, for those who don't know what a meme is, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not going to explain that. Uh, but for those who don't know what a prequel meme is, the prequels refer to George Lucas's three movies that he made as prequels to the original Star Wars movies. And somehow in internet culture, prequel memes became a thing. And pretty much every single line in all three of the movies is memed ad nauseum by the internet community. And I kind of as a fun thing kind of as a challenge uh, uh, for my own entertainment and for the entertainment of one of my Talmudim, then uh, I've been I've been challenging myself to make a, a new meme each weekday that incorporates something with Torah. Anyway, so there is a scene in the worst of the prequels, which is Attack of the Clones, where Padme is talking with Anakin Skywalker, and she says, I will not let you give up your future for me. And Anakin says, you are asking me to be rational. That is something I know I cannot do. <laughs> so <laughs> I made a meme about this and uh, it was, you know, it was a meme. It was a joke. I posted it in this uh, Facebook group where I post all these memes from fandom. And this one guy, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I guess, kind of chalk this up to the Internet. This one guy got so triggered by the use of the word rational. And I'm not going to repeat what he said because it was vulgar, but he lashed out against rationalists. And then a bunch of other people jumped on this bandwagon. Now, this is not something I I, I, I have not posted anything at all about rationalism or rationality. It was just this guy clearly had a bad association with with rationality and rationalism and just like just, you know, got angry and, and started commenting. And then, in fact, the moderator had to come in to say to point out that the meme didn't even say rationalism. It just said rational. And like every, this guy and other people were, were just mad at the uh, at rationalism. Anyway, it was a very, very weird interaction, but I've been thinking about it. And then I read this excerpt from Seneca this morning. So this is letter 66. Uh, and he says, the senses do not decide upon things good and evil. They do not know what is useful and what is not useful. They cannot record their own opinion unless they are brought face to face with a fact. They can neither see into the future nor recollect the past, and they do not know what results from what. But it is from such knowledge that a sequence and succession of of actions is woven, and a unity of life is created, a unity which will proceed in a straight course. Reason, therefore, is the judge of good and evil. That which is foreign and external she regards as dross, and that which is neither good nor evil she judges as merely accessory, insignificant, and trivial. For all her, her good resides in the soul. This is very similar to the opening, not the opening line of Epictetus's discourses. Uh, he actually begins the discourses by saying, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, it is the opening line. I guess I have two different editions here. So Epictetus begins the discourses, one, one, saying, of all the faculties, you will not find, you will find not one which is capable of contemplating itself and consequently not capable either of approving or disapproving. How far does the grammatic art possess the contemplating power as far as forming a judgment about what is written and spoken? And how far music? 
as far as judging about melody. Does either of them contemplate itself? By no means. But when you must write something to your friend, grammar will tell you what words you must write. But whether you should write or not, grammar will not tell you. And so it is with music as to musical sounds. But whether you should sing at the present at the present time and play on the lute or do neither, music will not tell you. What faculty then will tell you? That which contemplates both itself and all other things. And what is this faculty? The rational faculty. For this is the only faculty that we have received which examines itself, what it is, what power it has, and what is the value of this gift, and examines all other faculties. For what else is there which tells us that golden things are beautiful? For they do not say so themselves. Evidently, it is the faculty which is capable of judging appearances. What else judges of music, grammar, and other faculties proves their uses and points out the occasions for using them? Nothing else. So the point that, that Seneca and Epictetus are making is that you need different faculties and different you know, knowledge of different arts in order to achieve success in those particular areas. So you need, to, you need knowledge of music in order to know how to play good music, and you need knowledge of grammar to know how to write well. But neither of those areas of knowledge or those faculties will tell you what you should and shouldn't do. And the only faculty you have which can do that is reason. So what this reminded me of is one of the many reasons why I like Michelet, because Michelet, it is impossible to read Michelet, I think. I mean, maybe I shouldn't underestimate people's uh, distortion capacities. I think it's impossible to read through Michelet without coming away with the notion that Shlomo Hamela, that King Solomon, uh, advocates the use of reason. I mean, the whole book is about how to become a chacham, how to become a wise man, how to become a navon, how to become a man of understanding. And, uh, and, and every, you know, almost every pasuk, almost every verse is talking about how the difference between the, the, the foolish decision and the wise decision and how the foolish decision leads to harmful consequences and the wise decision leads to wise consequences. But the reason, the, 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 the feature of Michelet that I want to point out here is how Shlomo HaMelech kind of inducts or inaugurates the student into the world of reason. He doesn't do it through philosophy. He doesn't do it through saying, oh, you should, uh, you know, rational, uh, rational thought is the only way to gain knowledge and you should be pursuing knowledge. And he doesn't do it through the authority of, uh, of Torah, really, saying that, you know, God created us, Betel Melokim, with an intellect and you should live in line with your intellect. He doesn't take any of those routes. Certainly doesn't do it through epistemology in terms of, of highlighting reason as the only the only tool that we have for, for knowing reality accurately. But what he does is he does it through decision-making and pointing out the fact that if you live according to reason, you will gain advantage in areas that you seek advantage in already, in the area of pleasure and uh, of gaining pleasure and avoiding pain. And if you, if you don't listen to reason, then you will fall prey to, to pain and you won't get the things that you desire. So in other words, Shlomo uses the things you're already motivated for, which is to maximize pleasure and minimize pain in the long term in life. And he says, reason is your key for doing this. So let's say, for example, you want uh, fame. Let's say you want to be famous. So, so reason and rationality will help you to get that and will help you to avoid its opposite. Let's say you want love. Let's say you want riches. Let's say you want learning. Let's say you want revenge. All the psukim in Mishlei and, and the entire endeavor of Mishlei is showing you that by by following the dictates of rationality, you will get what you want, and you'll have better chances of getting what you want and avoiding what you what you seek to avoid for your sake. In other words, he's not trying to change your values; he's trying to show you that through the tool of reason, you will you will gain uh, 
what do you call it? You will you you will succeed in in, in what you already value. So I think again, I don't know what triggered this guy in this uh, this meme group, but. I think that a lot rationality gets a bad rap, I think, because it's often imposed from some philosophical perspective or from without or or by authority or or whatever, or it's made into an ism or, an, uh, 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 you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of isms in general. I'm, I'm also not a fan of rationalism. Uh, but Shlomo Melch doesn't present it that way. He just says, look, you want you want this uh, life of, uh, of pleasure and of uh, avoiding pain. Then then let me show you how to follow reason and get what you want. So, uh, again, that's another. Uh, Another advantage of Mishlei. Why? That's why Mishlei is my favorite book. Um, before we conclude, I wanted to remind you that I'd like to try to start doing a thing where on Fridays I do Q and A's, and uh, the problem is I need uh, Q's in order to give you A's. So um, if you have any questions about either particular ideas on the podcast or about stoicism in general or about the overlap between, you know, the differences between stoicism and Judaism or a real world case. Let's say you had something, some decision that you made or something that happened to you and you just want to know what a stoic perspective would be on it. I think that even if you submit a vague question, then uh, then I think that could generate some good discussion. So uh, I typically record, I try to record the episode the night or the day before because uh, that way the people in Israel who listen can uh, can get it on time on Friday before Shabbos. So uh, if you would like to email me a question, uh, you, you know, you, if you know how to reach me, reach me that way. <laughs> you could email me at rabbishnewes at gmail.com, and uh, I'd like to take up your questions. So let's try to make that happen by this Friday. That is it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today and would like to support my production of even more Torah content, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbishnewes. Link is in the description. Thank you to my listeners for listening, and thank you to my patrons for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.